Hey guys, and welcome back to the official podcast of Develop Yarman, Develop Yarman Unplugged. And this week, we are going to be talking about diversifying measures of success. And what does that mean? Well, we want to make sure that we don't have one single thing that we consider if we achieve that, then we're successful. Because many times, life takes us in many different directions. We do a lot of great things. We achieve a lot of great things. But we don't celebrate those achievements. Also, what can also tend to happen is that our parents, our societies, our cultures impose certain things and we start believing that we need to be a doctor to be successful or a lawyer to be successful or a military man to be successful or whatever it is that your family or your culture celebrates. And sometimes you get lucky and things align and great, but sometimes we end up in situations where we are pursuing careers and uh, lifestyles that really aren't meant for us, that really don't fulfill us. Um, for example, I myself am the son of academics, and as such, I thought that to be successful, I had to be an academic, but I've always had a very entrepreneurial uh, spirit, and I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I've judged myself significantly for being a college dropout and things like that, and I felt like an absolute failure, and Luckily, today, I actually celebrate my choices, but for a long time, I was very harsh on myself. And uh, I think many of you have probably been in similar situations. So in this uh, episode, we're going to be talking about diversifying it in the sense that not just choosing what is the right for, uh, path for you, but having multiple things, including things we do every single day. So that if you define a path and you fail at that, there are other things you can celebrate that make you feel successful, that make you feel of high value because many times in life we end up in totally different places than what we plan and sometimes we we don't celebrate how sometimes those surprise paths actually can be better for us than what we actually planned so so that's going to be today's episode if it's first time you join us uh let's give you a little recap it's do you want to give them a little recap of what develop element is yep so Develop Your Element is a uh, personal development system where we talk about all areas of our lives, be it professional, personal, social, and we will talk about personality theory a lot of the times, but not in a way that you've seen done before. This isn't to put you in a box or to give you a profile and to define you. This is really to give context to what we're saying because we understand that different people have different instincts, different people are motivated by different things, uh, and so we want to include those nuances in the conversations that we have. Because the kind of advice that's going to work for my brother is not the kind of advice that's going to work for me, and it's not the kind of advice that's going to work for my mom. So we want to talk about how we are motivated by different things, we do function in different ways, and how we can each succeed within our own context. Yeah, and, and that's we do this because we want to have a greater impact, uh, and we don't do this because of any limiting beliefs. Uh, so I understand that some of you might have some experience with personality psychology. And there's a lot of different tools. There's a lot of different theories out there. Uh, in Develop Element, we take two approaches. We take one, which is talking about three different um, very general personality types, which are extroverts ambiverts and introverts, ambiverts being a middle point, introverts being people who need lower social stimulus. Don't confuse that with shyness. Shyness is need for, no, shyness is fear of failure. No, 
<laughs> shyness is fear of judgment. And even I, as an extrovert, can be shy sometimes in some situations. Uh, so that's one of the ways we approach it. The other way we approach it at the Valpiamid is our unique approach, which is the six different elements. There are six different personality types that you are a mix of all the types and Basically, there are just some that are more natural and there are some that are a little bit more difficult for you to operate in. And identifying that can give you a lot of insight as to how to approach things when you have to step out of your comfort zone, do things that are more difficult, more challenging, and also how uh, you can embrace your true nature a bit more with more frequency, resisted uh, less, because one thing we talk about is our personality we can direct in different ways when we are with a charged battery when we're in a regenerated state and when we are confident what happens we basically use our personality to create connections to uh, be more productive to be more empathetic more flexible have more mental clarity really have more impact but when we are drained or when we are insecure and if you combine those two we tend to use our personality in a way that tends to burn bridges that creates more conflict, more drama, or uh, just outright self-destructive. Um, so we don't want to ever tell you that your pitfalls define you. We give you tools to operate from your strengths instead of your pitfalls. Last week's episode, was it last week? No, no two weeks ago. No, it was a couple of weeks ago. A couple <laughs> of weeks ago, we, uh, we talked about that. So if you haven't seen the episode from two weeks ago, uh, turning pitfalls into superpowers, check it out, where we really go much more in depth with that specific topic. Um, but yeah, let's get into today's topic. And uh, well, today I'm joined by my family, my m my mother and my sister. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's a very good uh, topic to have them here present because obviously we've seen how we've all been influenced to make decisions based on sometimes other people's definitions of success. Yeah. And uh, luckily, we are at a point now where we have more awareness of what e each individual needs and what each individual wants to pursue and, and how each individual defines success. But I think for many years, we let certain societal standards and certain people who with a lot of influence within our family and outside of our family influence us and guide us, sometimes down paths that weren't really for us. Yeah. No, and they were well-intentioned. Yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> an important point because uh. people tend to try to protect you and guide you based on what works for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we try to do differently here. Yeah, no, that's definitely a th something that I think we've all seen. Uh, I think primarily within our families where, mm. you know, people that loved us a lot, people that cared about us a lot, they had certain ideas of what success meant to them. Uh, they had ideas of what had worked for them or maybe things where they feel that they have failed or missed out and they didn't want us to fail or miss exactly. out on that. And so they put that on to us and encouraged us very strongly to pursue certain paths. And we've each gone through our own process of realizing, oh, wait, that's not what I necessarily needed. That's not necessarily what would make me happy. Um, and it can be a bit of a challenge when you're first realizing that uh, because there's so much attachment to these ideas that you've been raised with, that you've been encouraged to pursue. Uh, and really starting to choose for yourself in the sense of figuring out what success and happiness means to you, if you haven't been taught how to do that growing up, even in the best of families, I don't think most of us have really learned enough of how to do that, it can be a bit of a shock sometimes because we're going down a path that we've been so sure of for so long because it's just been the obvious choice. And then suddenly we realize, oh, this is not what 
it's not making me happy. It's not fulfilling me in the way that I was expecting it to. It can be daunting, yeah. really, because you don't know where where to even start. I mm-hmm. mean, I remember at one point of my life, I had raised you two. You were both living in different countries. One of you was living in Canada, uh, and you were living in Japan. And it was a time for my ex-husband and I, at the time we were married, to retire and live the life with a swimming pool by the beach in the most sunny and most beautiful place in the world, at least for me. And I get there 15 days later, I realized this is not what I want to do. I I had to finish publishing a couple of books that important uh, publishing houses in Germany wanted. They were already ready. I just had to fix few mistakes, not mistakes, just editorial uh, things, uh, add a couple of uh, references, really very small things I had to do. I love to paint. Uh, uh, I wanted to retire and paint and I don't know what. And it was like 15 days later, I was like, no, this is not really what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It's my father's dream. It's my husband's dream. It's not my dream. What do I want? And it took me a few years to start filtering the noise yeah. and really finding out what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and that's a good example because, you know, retiring by the beach in a sunny, tropical place where it's always warm, it sounds so beautiful. It sounds uh, beautiful. And I know it's something that all of us here, we enjoy that environment for certain periods of time, but too much of it for you just got too boring. Exactly, exactly. And another one, a measure of success, a lot of people tell me you have everything. You have the beautiful family, the wonderful children, the companies, you travel all over the world, you're so successful. The only thing you miss is a man in your life, (laughs) because now I'm divorced. And the pressure, the incredible pressure from outside for me to have somebody, because I won't be totally successful if I don't have somebody in my life. And every time I start dating somebody, they all go, finally. And I'm like, (laughs) so now I don't tell anybody when I'm in a relationship because... How many people have have aunts, uncles, grandparents, and even parents who are so in a rush for them to have kids and because they want to be grandparents or they want to be... I had... yeah. Uh, uh, and it's like, wh- when are you going to have kids? When are you going to settle down and get married and have kids and yeah. live with the picket fans and blah, 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 blah. And like, mm, let's face it, we live in a world where times have changed. Mm-hmm. We live way longer. We don't just live into 40, 50, 60 years. We live up to basically 100 and even some people exceed that. Which means we're not in so much of a rush in reality, but people have certainly for many generations been taught you gotta rush, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. You can only have kids before X age. Now our aunt and uncle had kids at fifty, the age of fifty, both of them, and and perfectly healthy kid. I mean, uh, there's a lot of advancements in in in, in healthcare as well that, that that can facilitate a lot of things. So there's less of a rush, and yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people don't really understand because they still have their grandparents and their parents' narratives where there was more of a rush. But each generation, there's less of a rush. Uh, And we live in a time in history where there are more resources, there's more access to education, more access to information, Mm -hmm. uh, more uh, networking opportunities. There's, it's easier today than in any other point in history to start 
a new project or to choose a new path or to pivot or do alternative uh, things exactly. from what everybody else is it, doing it's, yeah. there's no better point in history to approach things uh, obviously you have to assess in your current life where are you at what responsibilities do you have mm -hmm. uh, who depend on you uh, there are a lot of different variables this is not a program where we're going to be like okay so just ditch everything and go uh, do this thing that you want to do without being prepared and without having Align things for it. I have sometimes seen in, in personal development when there's a narrative of choose for yourself that all of a sudden people become, I don't want to say the word selfish, but selfish. selfish. Basically, <laughs> it's like, it, I don't care about anyone else all of a sudden. It's just me. I don't care about the consequences about you or about you or about you. You're old enough to figure out your own shit. I'm going on this. And that's not healthy. In development development, we talk about everything you learn is about becoming the best version of you, but also bringing out the best in others, mm -hmm. connecting with people, integrating into society, not escaping onto some alternate reality. So this is not about escapism. This is not about escaping your reality. If there's something you don't like in your reality, certainly we hope to provide you with tools uh, and tips and and stories and things that can help you maybe navigate it and change that, but don't force change because when I've seen people force change in their personal development journeys, I've seen them burn bridges and really deteriorate uh, very important relationships. Yeah. Um, so we don't want to encourage that. That said, I think it's very important that everyone finds their voice, finds their opinions, finds their... Uh, makes their own decisions, but do include others. Include, include others in your decision-making. Uh, I'm aware what you're, what you're creating with that decision. Yeah, um, I mean, what are, the, what, what are the impacts? What are what the, the consequences? consequences? What's going to happen? And that's not a don't do it. It's just don't force it. Uh, and I think that's a very important distinction because uh, I think... Uh, and do it using your head. I mean, because I've seen people do the weirdest things thinking they are choosing for themselves and it's sometimes not really what they wanted they just go opposite to my mom opposite yes, to the <laughs> boss yeah. opposite to the husband opposite to somebody else because they haven't really used their heads they really haven't sat down to or run or whatever you have to do to start finding out what really interests you and what is really really what you want to do so If I don't like this, I will do the opposite. And then they end getting stuck in something yeah. even worse yeah. because they had no clue what they were getting into. Yeah, it's important to realize that there are different nuances for everything and that also there are a lot more options out there than we realize. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because we've usually been taught, okay, there's either this or there's this. There's either this or there's this. And there's this and the opposite would be this. And so we do sometimes get stuck in that. And if we're not happy with one thing, we rebel, we go to the opposite. Uh, but if we really want to be happy, if we really want to lead fulfilling lives, then there's a certain level of self-awareness that we need to have yeah. where we start... First of all, realizing that there are more options than the ones we've probably grown up seeing. Yeah. Uh, and second of all, that there are different ways of doing the same things. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going back to the example of the mothers wanting their children to get uh, pregnant or have babies. They don't have anything else. They yeah. were mothers, the uh, children left. So now you have to give me a grandchild because the only thing I know how to do, more or less, 
is to be a mother and maybe I want to do a better job next time. Or I don't know, it can be different reasons why they want to impose that on their children. And they don't really realize what they are saying. I mean, no, I mean, there, there, there are many things that, I mean, I don't want to bring up the word selfish too much because I believe in giving yourself enough worth and importance, but just keep in mind others. Be empathetic, be compassionate, be, I mean, think about the actions, what, how it's going to impact everyone else. Exactly. Many times people, you know, that, that, that rush things, and, and this is a, a, an area where we have to discuss patience, because I know a lot of people who rush things and have kids before they have the resources to give the kids the life they want, or a stable enough relationship, stable enough economy, or whatever, and then they're stressed and really feel like a failure because they rushed into things. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, it's very important not to rush. And this is one of the things that I was mentioning, that we live longer now. There's opportunities at much older ages. I mean, there are entrepreneurs that are starting their entrepreneurial uh, journeys at 60, 70, 80. Oh, I mean, yeah. uh, there's many opportunities at any age. I mean, you can have kids up all... I mean, my uncle and aunt, they had their kids at 50 so just understand that there's a lot of rush that people feel and yes people are impatient people want instant gratification they want results now they want to feel that rush now people and we live in an era where instant gratification is more available than ever yeah. <laughs> but instant gratification is not long lasting mm -hmm. it's 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 a quick rush but if you want real long lasting happiness Sometimes you have to build stuff, yeah. not uh, just for stuff. Yeah, I think if any of you haven't watched our episode on interconnected goals, I think that one's very relevant to this conversation yeah. because your long-term long goals and your short-term goals are going to feed into each other and relate to each other. Your goals in one area of real life and another area of life are going to affect each other. So you have to look at that. You have to look at, okay, these decisions that I'm making maybe professionally, how are they influencing my relationships and vice versa? The short-term decisions that I'm making, how are they affecting me long-term and vice versa? And the other thing I think you have to see is insecurities. What insecurities behind this decision? Mm -hmm. uh, how many insecurities are driving me to this? And going back to having a baby, how often do you have a baby so you have a companion or you're not alone. To trap or, the partner. Or <laughs> trap your partner. Or fulfill your mother's fantasy of becoming a grand uh, grandmother. I have a very good friend that her mother was in the hospital, very sick, and she said, I don't want to die before you get married, settle down, and have a baby. And my friend remembers being in church and the priest asking, do you want to uh, get married? And the woman did not want to marry that guy, but she had the pressure because her mother was dying. I mean, I know in many cases we don't have that extreme, but there are other decisions we take yeah. out of desperation, out of fear of this or that. And I see people settling for uh, much less than they are, uh, could get if they were a little more patient, as Janik says. Yeah. No, it's, it's like those people who who get married and tied down in relationships where they're not really happy, but they just don't have the self-worth to know that there are other possibilities out there. So yeah. they justify and say, oh, well, this one thing I like about them, 
where am I going to find that? Uh, I remember it, when I had more insecurities, I had that internal narrative a lot. I would, I would be like, oh, this girl who maybe is mistreating me, maybe is not a good girlfriend, but she has this one thing that I, I it's kind of rare. I don't see it so often, so I'm going to stick with her because of this one very insignificant thing, but I'll make it so much more important than it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, <laughs> and I remember doing that many times uh, for a few years there. And you have to be careful. You have to be careful when you are... You should never settle. You should never settle. If you feel like you're settling... It won't last. It, it Or it will last and it'll just be very, very, very unsatisfying. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is where diversifying your measures of success is really relevant. Because if your primary measure of success is, I have to be in a relationship, or I have to have kids, or I have to get married by a certain age... You're going to do everything possible to do that, even if it's not a situation that's actually yeah. working for you. But if you have other measures of success, like maybe I feel successful if I'm a good person or if I'm funny or if I have close friendships that are really valuable to me or if I'm enjoying my job or good at my job. You know, if you have other things that give you that sense of success, then you're not holding on so desperately to that one thing and you won't make as many stupid sacrifices yeah. to achieve that one thing. Yeah, I mean, sacrifice is, is another thing we like to talk about in Develop Yelman. A stupid <laughs> sacrifice is a big one. Many times we are taught certain values and, okay, you're successful if you do this. I had instilled by my grandfather, very successful guy. He retired at 45. Not what I want to do, but that's what he did. Uh, and went to he leave he by he the... He went to live on the beach at 45. Um <laughs> He had many different businesses, and, and really, he was a very successful person. Uh, but he taught me first the saying the way he presented us, first be then way of being, which really he meant first work your butt off, make a lot of money, and then retire early, and then just live the life you want without anyone limiting you. That was kind of his narrative. But... The reality is I actually want to work my whole life. Yeah. I'm one of those yeah. people who wants to work oh, till yeah. I'm 100. I, I, I don't actually want to retire early. Um, I would get bored. I would, my, sense of pers pers my sense of purpose would disappear. Um, I, I really don't subscribe to that uh, idea. I do subscribe to the idea of work hard, be patient, don't force things prematurely, as in don't, don't stretch yourself prematurely, make sure to... To, to, to build something up and that I, I subscribe to but I went to such an extreme that I was like okay I'm just going to cut out all the fun all the good stuff and I really cut out everything that regenerated everything that, that filled me with energy that filled me with purpose uh, I, well almost everything that obviously uh, some uh, things no uh, short term measure measurements of success so you felt uh, that yeah, failure no, all had, the time. I had the carrot on a stick syndrome. I don't know if that's a thing. I've just coined it. Uh, <laughs> or maybe it is. Uh, I should Google it. But basically, I, I, I was in a situation where I was, I was following a carrot on a stick. I always was working, 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 but I never got any closer to where I wanted yeah. to be because I the goal was always further away. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it wasn't healthy. I mean, I it I... I started having health problems. I, I started getting into a lot of different problems. Like, I mean, we had a car crash because I fell asleep uh, behind the wheel because yeah. I was pushing myself so hard. Um, lo lots of not so good stuff came from that. And it, it 
was a really hard, difficult time for me when I decided, okay, I have to do certain things for myself to recharge my battery, to enjoy life as well, to feel alive. I mean, there are certain things I have to do that I'm not letting myself, because I cut out everything. I cut out video games, relationships, uh, sex, uh, good food, because I had this idea that, oh, in Silicon Valley they eat ramen, so I'm just going to eat ramen and canned food. Like, I had the money to eat real food, but I, I just, I had these ideas that a successful entrepreneur does this, a successful entrepreneur does this, and I started just doing a lot of not-so-nice things. And the worst thing is I didn't just do it to myself. I posted on uh, my early co-founders and my previous business, and it was not it was not pretty. No, and here we can also talk about. You just have one measure of success. Yeah. You're not achieving it. Yeah. You're trying very hard because you were working very hard. Yeah. And when it doesn't work, no, I. Uh, it is a huge wake up call, and thank yeah. God you had the presence of mind to really reevaluate your life so early in life and and really start prioritizing things differently and when you stop trying to prove to your father and me that you were a success that things were going to be successful when you stop trying to really impress us with your idea was when you really became very impressive it's <laughs> su super funny yeah i mean the thing is before you have enough confidence to pursue things your way you're likely to pursue things the way the proven path has defined exactly but the problem is the proven path worked for some people based on their context their personality their situation their strengths their weaknesses mm -hmm. And just because something worked for some entrepreneurs doesn't mean it will work for me. And it it was very hard for me to accept that I could define my own path. And I remember in the early days of my co-founders in my previous business, they were like, but you're not Steve Jobs. You're not this. We're not Apple. We're not this company. We're not. No, but it worked for them. So it should work for us. It was very hard for me to to have the confidence to to decide that we could define our path. And the way we ended up doing it was really, uh, okay, we're developing this thing internally for that business, and it's for internal use. I mean, Develop Yamit was never planned as a business. While I certainly always wanted to be an entrepreneur, I always wanted to do something with motivation and personal development. Uh, Develop Yamit was designed for my previous business. I mean, many of the tools were designed or discovered in my previous business to fix some problems. And yes, I mentioned other motivators, my sister, uh, her and I having differences led me to also research a lot of things. But it was really for internal use and it was only when I reached that point where, wow, this is life-changing, this is valuable information and the standard in the industry for personality, psychology, and personal development isn't taking all these things into account. There's maybe a professor here that talks about certain things here. There might be some system here that takes into account. But in general, it's not part of the primary conversations, the primary narratives. And suddenly a certain frustration kicked in, and I was like, I have to share this with the world, and a sense of purpose and mission. And that's where many episodes, or pra practically every episode I mention this, you have to make your goals more important than your fears. And in this case, when I saw the impact it had in people around me and myself, it was like, 
this is important. I have to do it no matter the rejection I will face, the failure I will face. I have to share this with the world. And it became bigger than me. But not everyone is so lucky to have a situation where they can identify a sense of purpose that strong and a mission that strong. Sorry, well, Ever. It, it, some people never reach that. Uh, and what I'll say is is seek that sense of purpose. Seek that uh, area where you feel you can make a difference. Because feeling like you can make a difference, no matter what industry you're in, feeling like you can have an impact, it's so much better than working in situations where you're feeling like a failure and waiting for the weekend, waiting for the end of your shift. I mean, when you really get to do a project that you're passionate about... It won't feel like work. And mm -hmm. I got some very other... B uh, this is another piece of terrible advice I got when I was little. Uh, when I was in high school, I lived in Denmark uh, my first year of high school. And when I in Denmark, you can choose a technological high school, you can uh, tech high school, you can choose a agriculture high school, a business high school, a general high school. You can specialize early on. I mean, and it's, it's a great system. But when I was... In junior high, and I was about to transition to high school, I had a friend tell me that I should not explore, I should not study tech or anything related to tech because I was always a nerd. I would build and repair computers. I spent the weekends having LAN parties with my friends. For those of you who don't know that, what that is, is a bunch of nerds with computers connected and playing together. Um, I have always been a nerd. Um, but I was told that if I were to study what my hubby is that I would destroy my hubby. So I studied something totally different. Mm -hmm. So I went into business and then tourism and I did a lot of easy things based on my context. I studied tourism and hospitality management in college because I speak several languages. I've traveled all over the world. I've been in many nice hotels. I know tourism very well. But it didn't. It wasn't a passion for, uh, for me. It wasn't, and working at hotels was not what I wanted. Like maybe staying at nice hotels, yes, but <laughs> working in our hotels is very different. Uh, so, but I listened to that advice and I followed it. I followed it. I was like, I'm not going to ruin my hubby by studying it and dedicating my life to it. And that's the worst advice I've ever gotten because ever since I allowed myself to pursue a career in what I'm passionate about, being a combination of personal development, uh, technology, psychology, many different areas that I've always been fascinated by. Being able to explore and work with that every single day it's is amazing. an absolute gift, yeah. but it took me many years to be able to define that as, oh, you can be successful being a college dropout. You can be successful uh, doing what your hobby is as your career. I mean, there are people now making a fortune doing all kinds of different hobby things online niche communities influencers uh in uh, niche markets there's i mean there's so many things you can do to, uh, nowadays in any field and you can be successful and enjoy it but for me it, it took me a few years to to learn that but i know people who have gone their entire lives not not having enough confidence to explore really what what drives oh, them. Or, or they have got stuck with having to feed the family and do things so early on yeah. uh, that they have no choice. I mean... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, there's definitely a degree to which each one of us will have different 
ease with making our own choices based on our circumstances. And, you know, some of us will have a lot of responsibilities early on in life that make it difficult to start pursuing what we want. But that's where you start looking at, okay, what are my short-term goals? Okay, right now I need to feed the family, I need to pay the bills and so on. But also start developing your long-term goals and, like, looking at, okay, how can I start implementing things that I enjoy, that I'm passionate about into my life, even if it's little by little. Um, because, yes, I mean, if you're in that situation where right now you can't do all the things you love, it can sound like we're just talking about, oh, that sounds wonderful, but... Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't have to be overnight. Uh, no, we say that in a lot. And it can be painful. We all come through that. We all come through... This is the path we wanted, and suddenly, midways, or life uh, uh, turns around, and you have to find an, uh, uh, new sets. Yeah. Uh, what is very important, and this is the program about that, is having different measurements of success. Because I've been close to bankruptcy twice. Uh, I've had periods of my life where. Go, living in mansions, I could not feed my children. Mm. I could not clothe my children for different weird things, whether we would move to a new country and the place that was supposed to pay us would not pay us, or uh, getting into debt. And all kind of weird things happening. We're really living in huge, huge houses, having all these kids I had to feed, and I didn't have the money. So I've been there. I... No, we've even been to another extreme of that where we couldn't even buy tacos in Mexico during a transitional period where we were moving and yeah. uh, dad retired and we lost a bunch of money in the and move. My and mom was a dying. Contract was can like a contract wa that was promised to be renewed one more year wasn't. So we, we've gone through many different ups and downs and challenges and explored. Like, yeah, we've, we've certainly had to redefine our paths Many times. Many times. And mm -hmm. I remember uh, sometimes feeding my kids at least once a day would be a measure of success. Yeah. Uh, I remember when Itzel moved to Japan, her clothes had not arrived, uh, her winter clothes had not arrived, and there was a problem with the account. I don't remember what it was. Yes, we were having trouble sending money from, I think, a Mexican account to my Japanese account. Yeah. Uh, and we never really figured out what the problem was, but I couldn't receive money. So, so she was freezing. And you know, when you have a kid in a foreign country that is extremely shy, extremely, extremely shy, and uh, you cannot send her money to buy a coat and she's shivering, and you know she has only summer clothes, uh, it's not easy. But Every time we succeeded at something, every time we got the coats, every time we got a scarf, whatever it was, it was, yeah, and we, yeah. It, big celebration with whatever we had. And I think it's something that has always helped. We have our celebratory celebrations, <laughs> uh, we call them, and we learn to celebrate the small things too. Yeah. That's uh, essential. And help each other remember when we were advancing, because sometimes it becomes so overwhelming, the changes or whatever life throws at you, that you need somebody also to help you. Look, it's not true. 
yes, we haven't managed to get the money to itself, but look what we uh, created yeah. today. Look what itself managed to create in Japan by herself, even if she. No, and is sometimes so difficult periods lead you to level up because you get more creative. And exactly. I, I'm not one of those people who's going to say you have to have discomfort mm, and difficulty no, 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 to no, level no. up, but I certainly can attest to the fact that sometimes the most difficult periods are right before. A level up, like it, it that we've seen many times. Yeah. And what? Itchy powder on the stool. I don't uh, get that. If, yeah, if the stool is uh, <laughs> Steve behind the scenes here is is reminding me of an online troll in a in a group on Facebook, <laughs> who basically said. Um, Oh yeah, I took this five thousand dollar or ten thousand dollar course that it taught me that uh, without discomfort you couldn't be successful. And like he was parodying certain narratives in the industry, and he was he ended up saying like a bunch of different torturous, terrible things. And he says at the end, finish it that he had to put uh, itchy powder on his stool and that he had an itchy bum. <laughs> so, uh, Steve, being very electric, extroverted, a uh, jokester, uh, brings it up. But yes, I've had my. <laughs> I was in a different place in my mind when he mentioned it, so it took me a minute to to get it. But yeah, I mean, there are people who have. There are people in this world who think you have to go through adversity no, and difficulty and um, discomfort to level up, and that's a lie. I mean, there. Are, I know a lot of people who have taken very steady, comfortable paths. Very well calculated, very well planned, very mm -hmm. well, uh, very good decision making. But I also know some people who have really had very, very difficult lives, very difficult situations, and have leveled up from that as well. So, so it's it's a, what we say here in development. Nothing is one size fits all. Different people have different contexts, different situations. So, so no, I don't. And want you to don't have to have the narrative because another thing that happened to me when I started in this business, I didn't have the narrative of, oh, I had such a horrible life, and look, I used the tools, and now it's wonderful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I felt sometimes that I was not good enough because I didn't have the before and after, yeah. because always my life had been very comfortable. Then later I realized that I do have a very optimistic outlook, so some of the things that had been quite horrible, I hadn't seen them as so horrible because... I have a certain degree of optimism, natural optimism. Yeah. And I, when other people started telling the stories, oh, I was like, oh, I've gone through that. I've gone through that. <laughs> I've gone through that. And that's why I say, if you learn not to focus on the bad things, but st start celebrating the small things, and that's what the program is about <laughs> today, how do you measure success and celebrating the small things? really allows you to go through those very dark moments not feeling like a victim because you really are treasuring every single step. Most changes in your life, most big changes in your life will take years to build. And this is something that we have to understand that we have to be patient. Many times we get very excited for a new project or a new path. It can be a career path. It can be a relationship. It can be many different things. And we get so excited, but then we get fatigued or burned out after a couple of months, and it's like, no, I wanted the instant gratification, and no. And I know so many people who have taken 
the first step, which is many times the hardest, uh, of choosing something where they really were able to level up, but because they didn't get there fast enough, they went back to settling. And I understand that not everyone wants an entrepreneurial life. I mm-hmm. We all measure value and success differently. I know people who measure value and success as just having a home and a stable life. And uh, there are people like me who I prefer the ups and downs and the valleys and the surprises uh, of being an entrepreneur. I understand that. But I, I will say that I know people who have settled beyond what they really would have liked mm-hmm. uh, because they got impatient, because... It took longer than they expected and calculated, and as such, they concluded they were a failure prematurely, and they burned out prematurely because they didn't celebrate the small things. And as my mom says, you have to celebrate the small things because they give you fuel and energy to keep going. Uh, they really, really help, and it's a little you got it's you got to train yourself. It, it's not something natural for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But you can train that internal narrative of, okay, so what did I achieve today that was was uh, that is new that I didn't do yesterday? Okay. And then it can be even the most minute things. I cooked dinner. I mean, it can be the smallest things. But you have to understand, a poor person who feels like they're advancing is going to be way happier than the most rich and successful person who feels stuck. This sense of advancing the sense of growth, that is something that makes people feel happy. Mm -hmm. And we rob ourselves of that feeling because we're so hard on ourselves and we set the bar so high and the goal so far away that when we don't reach them within a certain amount of time, we give up. And that, while I understand not everyone has the same path and that's part of the narrative today, there are a lot of people that I know that have given up way too early. Yeah, but and another thing that I want to add to this conversation is that you have to give yourself credit for the things that work in your life. Uh, they've done a lot of studies where they look at people with what they call internal or external locus, uh, locus of control, uh, which is ba- basically if it's internal, you feel that the good things and the bad things that happen in your life are things that you have some level of control of that are based on the choices you make and the actions that you take. And those that have it er external are the ones that believe that it's all up to luck or fate or something external uh, and that they don't have any control over their own life. And they've done a lot of studies that show that those who feel that they have some amount of power over their life based on their choices and their actions they deal much better with adversity. They deal yes. much better with difficult situations in life. And they tend to become more successful based on their own goals. So if you start giving yourself credit for the good things, even if the opportunities came to you from something external, you're the person who accepted the opportunity. You're the mm-hmm. one who stepped up to the plate. You're the one who yes. did what you need to do to make that work out. So yes, other people can contribute to you. External factors can t- contribute to you. External c- factors can also make things more difficult. Yes, all of that is true. But so if you, you give yourself it. a certain level of credit for your life yeah. and you take a certain level of control over your life where you realize, okay, yes, there are all these external situations going on, but how I respond to them, what I make of them, what I say yes to, what I say no to, what opportunities I take advantage of, how I make my choices that's going to ultimately affect how my life turns out. That's also going to be a big game changer in how things work out. I mean, there's so many things that we 
we should take into account with this topic. And one of the things is also personality psychology. Uh, different personalities obviously have different processes to make decisions. Mm -hmm. Introverts are very methodical, analytical, take their time to build the confidence. Many times they need to become masters at something before gaining certain confidence. I mean, for example, our dad, he's more introverted. He overcame his shyness in many areas mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of insecurities thanks to mastery in academia. So for some, for, for introverts in particular, one way that they can feel more successful is to study things at a very deep level. And that can help them get the confidence to take certain actions, uh, uh, approach certain things. Because introverts, once they gain a certain level of mastery on something, they gain a lot of confidence with that. Yep. Uh, extroverts, they don't need the same. Extroverts, they actually can do a lot with very little information. Um, they're more impulsive. Yes, mastery is something that they also benefit from, but the way they gain mastery is from experience, sometimes from making mistakes, sometimes from, from trial, and error. Tr trial and error. <laughs> uh, so, th so the process is a bit different. Um, and that's why we can't give you like a one-size-fits-all solution because different people respond differently to different situations. But it's very important that based on your personality, you do things to get you to take certain steps. And yeah, mm -hmm. I think insecurities are one of the big things that affect us when it comes to defining very rigid and very singular uh, measures of success. We gotta work on our insecurities. And we have episodes dedicated to, to, to many different types of fears and insecurities. Um, but, and we have, was it last week? When, when, when was procrastination? When is procrastination? Was that last week or two weeks? Anyway, there's an episode about procrastination. <laughs> <laughs> I think last week. So, so the, the 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 episode on procrastination. I mean, there we explore that a little bit further. Um, how there are many different ways we end up procrastinating, mm -hmm. and uh, many different situations, and depending on our context and personality, uh, it's it's different things can trigger us. But many times it's that we lack confidence, that we lack information, that we feel that we don't have enough resources, that we feel that we don't have. Um, or we conclude things prematurely and, mm -hmm. and don't have enough information and conclude things and then end up with a more negative narrative and then we give up or settle or destroy a certain situation that maybe was better than what we actually realized because we didn't take the time to, to get enough context. And uh, so, so we have to understand that sometimes we can make a decision to define certain things as, oh, this is being successful, this is being successful, this is being successful, this is being successful. But based on our personality, if we actually want to pursue that, we have to get unstuck. And there, the episode on procrastination, which I think was last week, uh, is very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, if you haven't watched that episode, definitely, definitely check it out because we, we, different, we explored many different uh, triggers. Um, because I know a lot of people who have concluded, ooh, this, this would be great one day. And they put it, like, there are people who are too impatient, and then there are people who are 
too patient almost <laughs> like again not one size fits all so i know people who want to rush it and force it right now and i know people who don't have the confidence to pursue it and they're like one day i'll do that when this and they put conditions on yeah. pursuing it so when i how many times have you heard once my kids are out of college or uh, out of the house or once i uh, manage to buy my house or once i achieve this or once, once I, I have my career once once i lose weight once i lose once weight, weight or once i exactly how many times do people put conditions on their paths right so one thing is defining things and another thing is identify you're one of those people who's forcing things and rushing things or you're one of those who's delaying things those are two different things um but on the topic topic of diversifying another thing is if you depend on something that's far away to feel successful how are you going to get there mm -hmm. because many times oh i will be successful when i have a phd or once I'm a millionaire, or once I have a million fans on Instagram, or subscribers on Instagram or Facebook, or followers, or whatever terminology on whatever platform it is. But like, you put a condition, and I've I've done that. I've done that. I've been like, no one is gonna listen to me until I have X amount of subscribers, or until I have X amount of millions, or until I do this. And no, uh, I like remember uh, uh, you did a conference and. Uh, in a big, big expo, and they expected you to have, I don't know how many followers. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did a, t a talk in front of 500 people live and thousands of people online. And they would not give you that room unless you had so many followers. 50,000 uh, followers and, and, and how, how many socials. did you have? 30? I had a little bit more, more than, than that, that. <laughs> but it was definitely like... A thousand here, two thousand there, seven hundred here, maybe five hundred there, depending <laughs> on which social you are looking at. But <laughs> it was it was definitely a case of I definitely did not have the numbers no, to not get even close. that. And I I I was very 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 lucky to have certain people identify my potential and and the value of 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 my work and my narrative and, and tools and things like that. And, and they gave, they took a risk on me. Uh, knowing and he well was one of the few people through the, the whole week who filled the, the, who the, filled the, the, the yeah. place. No, no, I, we had full house and we had people outside who couldn't get in. And uh, people on the floor. And I was scared. I was scared shitless for the whole week leading up to it. I was scared shitless because I had had previous experiences where they promise you had a certain amount of people and then no one shows up. Like, obviously... Uh, People are very good at over-promising and under-delivering. So in this case, I left. we left nothing to chance. We had a team of like 10, 15 people every single day on the expo floor, pitching people, uh, educating people on developed development, directing them to the talk. And we had a whole lineup outside trying to get in. People didn't manage to get in. It was it was epic. It was, it was epic, uh, but it was certainly a situation where very clearly it was like unless you have this you can't do this well sometimes you can um <laughs> but in your case most of the time <laughs> sure when you're stubborn enough uh and, and, and perseverant enough uh, uh and you have a good enough support network and team uh yeah. things are possible but uh yes uh getting back to 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 what i was tr uh, trying to say um 
Let me try to remember. I, I was talking about how we sometimes put conditions. And sometimes in order to be able to get to this thing, we have to feel confident enough to take the first steps. Mm -hmm. And I know for many years I had imposter syndrome where I felt I will never get to this step because in order to get to this step, I need to be on this step. Like, in order to be able to achieve this, I need to be this. And it's like, how do I start? And that's where diversifying my measures of success helped a lot. It was like, okay, so I want to do personal development. I want to teach people about certain things. I'm not a psychologist. I'm a college dropout. I failed more than I've succeeded. So, I, I mean, the cards were stacked against me. How do I start? I who's going to listen? So I was like, okay, so how can I value, uh, measure my success from a different narrative? Okay, what are my main differentiators? Uh, where are my ethics and my values different? Mm -hmm. Where where do I take maybe more things into consideration, more nuances? Where do I do things maybe in a more empowering way than than what we see in standard? Like so, maybe I don't have all the millions and all the uh, like uh, social super uh, saturated with subscribers, but I have all these other things that give me value that make me feel successful. And then I was like, if I just change one person's life. I'm happy, and I remember the first time I had a kid in a in a workshop that was suicidal and had told his parents, "Listen, I don't want to live anymore. You have other children, so you'll be fine without me." And see that person change their way of like seeing the world, feeling a place in the world, feeling that they weren't wrong for being who they were, and suddenly being able like changing their whole internal mindset and suddenly wanting to live and do all kinds of different projects and seeing like those little moments, I started giving those the power. Instead of the subscribers, instead of the millions, instead of all these different uh, things in the individuals. Because yes, you gotta look at macro level and you gotta look at micro level. But sometimes you have to understand macro level takes years to build, but the micro you can affect every single day. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't mean be a micromanager but it means celebrate all the small little things yeah. and look at all the little things. And so I started looking at all the small little things that gave me a sense of purpose, a sense of value, a sense of worth. And I was like, okay, some people might judge me. Some people might reject me. Some people might not understand me. Some people might think I'm crazy. A lot of people do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, dreamer. but I'm very proud. <laughs> people behind the scenes raising their hands, uh, confirming. Uh, but yeah, uh, when I started seeing all these smaller things, I was like, I don't need those millions. I don't need those. I Just based on this, if I just change one person's life with, for example, this podcast, if one person listens and suddenly makes better decisions and, and, and ends up living a richer, happier life because of it, then I'm successful. And I don't put so specific, rigid conditions on me feeling mm -hmm. successful. I feel successful every single day, even though we have days where we don't sell. We have days where we uh, end up having technological issues where audio oh. is out of sync. Oh, and, we have haters. Uh, 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 we have haters and comments where it's like, whoa, 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 what happened there? <laughs> uh, 
and sometimes we have setbacks. Sometimes we lose money because sometimes people overpromise and underdeliver, and then you invest in big venues, and then the organization of the event is a mess. And I mean, I we, there are ups and downs, but I feel successful every single day because I have decided what things do I do every day that make me valuable and successful that don't depend on something else. So, okay, my ethics, my values, my personality, the way I approach people, the way I'm inclusive, the way I take into account this. Ah, then I don't need this. I want this. I'm aiming for this, but I don't need this to feel successful. Yeah. So, so it doesn't the best thing me. is this is recharging your battery so to you can continue exactly. to get there. Yeah. And how many people, because you did not give up, how many people are living today that were about to commit suicide. I can think of at least three people in Japan, one in Colombia, in Uruguay, in uh, uh, Argentina, a little girl uh, that was having problems yeah. in school, that just watched the little videos we have about the elements. And they found their place yeah. in the world. I mean... How many people? I, I really, I ca if I start no, thinking of countries. I know for me, like realizing that there are other people that are similar to me in personality has been mind blowing because on my introverted side, I've known a lot of other introverts, but who were very different from me still. Yes. Uh, and, you know, I also have some extroverted tendencies, but the extroverts around me also have very different yeah. types of extroversion. So I just felt like a complete freak for most yeah. of my life. And suddenly realizing and identifying, oh, there are people that are similar to me, it makes things so much easier because I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not wrong. I'm, I'm not wrong. broken. You're not the, you're not the uh, black sheep <laughs> of the family. You're just kind of gray. I mean, I think our family, no, <laughs> I think the fun thing about our family is that we're all the black sheep in a different way. Yes. yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's been, that's I, been fun I want too. I to believe I have glitter. Okay, okay, okay. We can be purple sheep, pink sheep, green sheep, spotted. gray sheep, spotted sheep, all kinds of sheep. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, yeah. I, I, when you start focusing on the individuals instead of the numbers on a screen, it helps a lot, especially within this industry. Mm -hmm. Everyone has different contexts. Yeah. But I know so many brilliant people that have lost their voices because they put so many conditions on sharing their thoughts, their things. And I've had many people, in the, especially in the early days, who are you to share about these things? Who are you to talk about these things? And I was like, I understand. I understand that I might not fill your requirements uh, or prerequisites to be someone that you want to listen to, but I have a sense of responsibility, and I have to face that judgment, face that rejection, because that sense of purpose is more important than mm -hmm. someone who decides to criticize me or... Or 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 not uh, appreciate my path and and my my approach. And um, actually, you can even celebrate that. I remember Itzel and I, uh, we had a program with a Spanish friend, and it was there were hangouts. And as soon as we finished the hangout, and uh, it would appear on on, on YouTube. There would be a hand, a thumbs down, uh, a thumbs, thumbs down. down, each and every time. <laughs> so we were celebrated. Oh, thumbs down! Yeah. The haters watching again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and we really celebrated our hater. Yeah. Uh, and it became the f the first time that they didn't put the uh, the thumbs down and was like, oh, what oh. happened? You know, <laughs> because then when you turn it into a joke, when you turn it into a celebration, it doesn't 
hurt as much. Yeah. I mean, sometimes if you have a wrong day, if you're drained, yeah. it's like, oh my God. Yeah, there have definitely been times when we get hate and it, it does kind of hit a yeah. nerve. Yeah. Uh, and then you wonder, what did I do wrong? Did I say something wrong? But what I've done is a couple of times I've gone in and like looked at like the information that's available online about our haters. And sometimes they're just kind of our all-round haters, you know? They're like yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, think no, they're professional haters. I mean, I mean, it, it's it's always like we got to be careful with 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 how we describe it. But basically, there are sometimes people who are trolls who get a yeah. kick out of trolling people who love dissecting people online because they feel insecure themselves so the way that they feel better about themselves is putting other people down yeah. uh, so uh, and that's a whole other conversation it's listening to feedback knowing how to filter the noise because obviously there's negative feedback that's very valuable that Absolutely. helps you level up that helps you improve and we've we've learned a lot from from constructive sometimes critical feedback uh, but obviously there's also what's hateful, what's uh, superficial, what's not really contextualized, and that's noise. Uh, and when it comes to people providing feedback and uh, providing an opinion, it's very important that it's contextualized. If they have enough context to understand why we do the things we do the way we do them, and then suddenly their their voice becomes... Th they're in opinion becomes more important. But no, if um, there's if something you say that uh, I was actually mentioning today in one of my uh, online classes. Uh, today I did fear of rejection with mm -hmm. people from Spain and, and Argentina, well, all over. And uh, I was telling them something I really value that you tell, say often is don't pay attention to the people that you don't admire. If, you, if their life is a mess, why should you pay attention? If they are giving you advice yeah. and they don't have more money than you or uh, a better life or better relationships than you, don't... The, the, don't the way I usually say it is, basically, there are a lot of people who are going to share their opinions. But unless you would be willing to switch roles with them in that particular area or unless you feel that they have unlocked something or figured something out that you want to learn from them, then the voice shouldn't be that powerful you can learn from anyone i've learned from people who uh, you would never steve. imagine from steve, <laughs> 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 Aye, steve. Uh, no, i mean you never know where you're gonna have your next uh, aha moment or where you're mm -hmm. who you're gonna learn from but there's certainly something to be said that sometimes we decide to amplify the negative voices yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, instead of Amplifying the voices of, ooh, this person, I want to learn this from this person. I want to learn this from this person. Ooh, this person has figured this out. I want to learn from this person. Or this person, I know for a fact, took into account my context, my personality, my situation, my variables, my fears, my insecurities, really took a really wholesome approach and really analyzed things deeply, but based on my goals, not based on their goals or their insecurities. So I'm going to listen to them. Exactly. But yeah. if, if someone is imposing their insecurities, their fears, or putting me down to feel better about themselves, or are sharing to me something without having any experience or context in it, I'm not going to give it as much importance, especially if it's negative. If I see a trend, if I see the same feedback from multiple sources, then I will obviously pay attention to it, no matter what the sources are. But if I'm not seeing a trend, and these are isolated incidents, then it's like, okay, I'm not going to give so much power to those mm -hmm. voices. And, I mean, 
I also say, if you're not failing, you're not innovating. If you're not being rejected, you're not putting yourself out there. You're, you're not exposing yourself. You're not giving them even an opportunity to say yes to you. You're automatically assuming that they're saying no because you rejected yourself. So it's very important when you measure success and you try to diversify measures of success that you do things that you have control over, that you basically say, just waking up every day, I'm successful. Just being uh, the personality I am, I'm successful. Just I doing this, I'm successful. So that when there are those days where there is a hater or where there is a, a rejection or where there is a failure or where there is a setback or where there is a surprise, you can be like, oh, well, at least I've got this or at least I've got this. And it's Sometimes not even getting out of bed when you're having a bad day, getting out of bed is a huge I mean, No, for me, like, I've struggled with depression for a lot of my life and at times been in deniable denial of it while it was happening so for me the fact that i've gone how long waking up every day yeah. is a huge deal and I every so now and then i'll just be sitting there maybe i'm in the bathroom maybe i'm cooking maybe i'm doing something regular and i'm like i wake up every day that's so cool yeah. no i and i know many people who have suffered from anxiety and depression and things like that that every day it's a celebration just getting out of bed no. that it's a celebration just taking certain steps, getting out of the house, you know, maybe cleaning, doing... Like, I know people who have had a situation at a, a very difficult time, and then they start doing things. And even though, for some people, those things are, oh, I do that naturally. But for every single person has a different context, different yeah. insecurities, different uh, challenges, different strengths, different goals. And there are some people that that's the case. Mm -hmm. And we should all also understand... And there's something we say a lot. We are very good at being hard on ourselves. We are very good at devaluing ourselves and not seeing value in stuff that's easy for us. So, yes, sometimes we're good at celebrating the things that are hard. Like, for example, getting out of bed for someone who has depression and anxiety, that can be something that, ooh, this was a great step because it was hard for me and mm -hmm. I did it great. But how many things do you do every day that are easy for you but that for other people are very hard? And that's something that... that for me, it was very hard to learn because I was very good at devaluing things that I did naturally. Like, it was, and I've mentioned this story in, in, in previous episodes. I remember, I'm a nerd, I repair computers, I repair phones. And it wasn't until one, I repaired uh, a computer for a guy, and he said, listen, you have no idea how much time and money and stress you just saved me. You have no idea, like, the value in what you just did. For you, this is easy, but for me, this is difficult or impossible. Mm -hmm. I would have had to spend, I don't know how many th thousands of dollars and wait a week for it to be ready and blah, blah, blah. And thank you, thank you, thank you. And I was like, I could do this in my sleep. But I used to get so upset with my friends when they paid for computer repair services or screen replacement services and phones because I was like, oh, that's a ripoff. I can do it for free. And I devalued that part of myself. And that's a very easy, tangible example to come to mind. But... I know people who do that with basic character traits, with basic values, with basic ethical things, basic things they do every day. Mm. Oh, that's normal. That's easy. And it's no, that's you. not normal and easy yeah. for everyone. A lot of people, they work very hard to do some of the things you do every single day. Yeah, so also, if you look at in your relationships and such, you know, if somebody thanks you and th your first response is, 
I mean, that's what friends are for. Or it's <laughs> the least I can do. Those things also have value. You know, for it you... It was nothing. It was... For no. you, it might be very natural to support a friend in a tough moment, mm. to listen to them when they're down, things like that. But those are also things that give you value. You yeah. know, if you're a compassionate person, if you're a kind person, if you're a generous person, celebrate that about yourself, too. Uh, uh, yesterday, I was talking with my best friend, Alvaro, and he was talking about that his brother, you know, had done something really, he had gone out of his way and used a lot of his time to help him do something. Mm -hmm. And he said, really, thank you so much. And his answer was, you would have done the same for me. And he was like, oh, I do that for people too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he, until his brother-in-law said it, he had not noticed no. the impact that he has with those things he does mm -hmm. so naturally. Uh, another thing I would like to uh, suggest humor, invite more humor in your life. Yeah. I remember. Take a slightly more lighthearted approach yes. to certain things. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, when we were living in Canada, uh, yeah, Itzel graduated from high school. Yeah, no, junior high. Yannick from high school, and I passed my comprehensive exams for my PhD. In the same week, day after day after day or something like that we were overwhelmed we were tired because we also had to go to Europe to visit family you have no idea how tired how depleted yeah. we were and I remember the last celebration one of the last celebrations getting out of the house really rushing combing our hairs and still not uh, fully dressed and I said everybody has matching shoes Yes, okay, that was my <laughs> yeah. my standard of success that day. Mm -hmm. As long as we had sort of some clothes on and matching cho shoes, we were good. Let's go. <laughs> and I remember arriving and, yes, we have matching shoes. Yes, we did it, you know. And <laughs> that lightened up the spirit yeah. because we were really so, so tired. And yeah. we were so tired that really... I don't think we realized that we had all passed exams and had done all the things we had done because it, they ha it had been one after the yeah. other, you know. So that celebration of, oh, it's a graduation. I passed exams for my PhD. <laughs> she finished <laughs> high school in a different country with different languages. He did uh, uh, well, no, junior, junior high, high, yeah. high school. Uh, all at the same time, and we did it, yes, but it took us days because in that moment, we were just so overwhelmed. So you use humor, too. And you bring up a really, really valuable point. Many of your big successes will happen on the most normal day in the world. Like, maybe you're really, really tired because of all the energy you put into reaching that success. Or maybe, you know, you pass an exam or you get, you do well in a job interview or you get a job offer or something good happens. But it's also going to be a regular day. You might also be running errands. You might also be dealing with a relationship problem <laughs> on the same day. You I might, see you, know, <laughs> you might, something in the house might break on the same day. You know, we romanticize success so much that we expect it to look and feel a certain way in the moment. And there are many times when you're going to be tired, you're going to be distracted, there are going to be other things going on in your life. So maybe in that moment, you don't fully celebrate it. But being able to then in the next moment or the next moment or the next moment go, wow, I achieved that, I succeeded in that, and appreciating that it still has value even if it happened on a normal day. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, imagine if you have 
prom and exams and everything. All the clothes you haven't washed. So I remember as soon as the party was over, loads and loads of washing because we had to leave for Europe. And that was another measure of success. I managed to crawl into the washing room and put the wash load, you know. That's real life. That's how it shows. So thank you for pointing that <laughs> out. Because the no, world doesn't stop and there's no petals and angels saying, welcome, you did something wonderful. No, life goes on and people might be upset because you haven't called them in, uh, in weeks because you've been dealing with exams or somebody's yeah. sick, whatever, yeah. you know. No, I mean, most success, most big success is in a uh, an accumulation of many small wins. Yeah. yeah. So... You have to celebrate all those small wins. I mean, here at the the offices, I mean, there are so many small little things that contribute so much to everything that follows. Yeah. And yes, in the big scheme of things, like for example, the other day we got bought a teleprompter. That was the hugest deal ever. <laughs> There's one more purchase. I mean, we have a lot of gear, a lot of professional cameras, lenses, lights, all kinds of gear. But just that one little piece, it was like, wow, this is the most exciting thing. <laughs> and this is so... and. Allow and yourself those moments. We also got a clapper. And we got a clapper. <laughs> Steve is behind. We got a clapper. We got a clapper. Like there are sometimes just small little things that have been procrastinated because we've been talking about getting a teleprompter and a clapper for like six months now, if yeah. not more. But <laughs> when we finally November, had the mental clarity to sit down and research and find and find the best options and go for it and get it done, it was like finally. Uh, like and sometimes it it's small little things like that. I that had just arrived from Brazil. I've been teaching and giving private sessions nonstop for a week and a half or something like that, more than that, uh, in different cities and whatever. And I arrived super tired. And Yannick, are you coming to see the club? Uh, yes, coming uh, to the see the teleprompter. You have to come see the teleprompter. Come <laughs> see the teleprompter. <laughs> Let me just rest a little, take a little nap, and then I come <laughs> and see the teleprompter. But this is exactly, but notice our family. This is the way we deal with things. We do celebrate even the smallest yeah. thing. Yeah. And <laughs> often it's, oh, okay, we have achieved this. We have just finished this. Let's go to the movies. Or let's do something that where we make it a mini party. Something that, yeah. uh, whatever. And I remember when the children were small, uh, sometimes I would just bake brownies and brownies, nothing special. <coughs> oh, it's special. It is special. I want brownies now. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I would put little candles or some lights or something and start making a, a, a non-birthday party. And their friends would think it was the coolest thing. They wanted to come and visit because they never knew when the non-party would Non-birthday party. Non-birthday non non party would be. <laughs> and so... Uh, Really, it breaks the the feeling that you're not advancing. Yeah. It breaks yeah. the feeling that no, that, that that you're not close enough. Yeah. Uh, we talk about regenerative spaces a lot. What sometimes is literally go disconnect from what you're doing and do something totally different, uh, different to recharge your battery. And yes, sometimes when you do that, you can feel success in somewhere else, uh, in something else. One of the things we mentioned in this podcast sometimes, if you're not advancing much in one project or one sub project. Do something else that you know you'll advance very fast. 
as a leader and a manager, I, I do that every day here at the office. When I see someone is, is stuck with something, I will either send them out on an adventure if they're extroverts or tell them, oh, you know, go watch, so watch a movie or do something, maybe if they're more introverted, to do something chill uh, or reduce pressure and say, listen, don't worry, there's no rush. Obviously, different people need to hear different things. But sometimes it's as simple as, okay, this project, let's put it on hold. I have this other exciting <laughs> idea. Sometimes <laughs> I just invent a project for the sake of like, here's an easy project that you'll finish in two seconds. You'll feel successful and then you'll have enough energy and motivation to move on to the other thing. No, and, and the worst and the best part is that when he comes with that, we all know what he's doing. We all see right through it and we're all like, oh, come on now, really? <laughs> But it works. <laughs> well, so I, 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 I just say, uh, I'm very disappointed. Yesterday I did, I bought myself some flowers. I love having flowers. Flowers regenerate me. And I bought a huge bunch of um, sunflowers. Yannick actually took me to, to buy it. And I have this big vase. Uh, so I bought them extra long for my beautiful vase of us, uh, depending uh, which English you're speaking. And I filled it up with water. It was a huge job. I put the thing, and there was a hole in the base or a crack on the base. And it was like, <laughs> all the water. Uh, like oh, that. my celebration. <laughs> I was going to celebrate. Okay, I'm too tired today to deal with it. So I just put some clothes around to absorb the water. And I left. I I was just so, so, so tired <laughs> that I couldn't deal. It was meant to be my celebration. So. Sometimes it doesn't work. No, and that's going to happen too. There are going to be times when you want to celebrate something and it doesn't work out <laughs> the way you plan. I, one thing that I really, really love that I suffer in the process, but I also enjoy the process is I love gift giving and I love planning the gift and oh, thinking yes. about the gift. They know the I'll start part of months in advance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a part of my personality that is very sentimental and, and, and into these personalized details. So like, if I'm going to give a gift, I want it to be the ge best gift. And I will judge myself very harshly. Um, Keep judging yourself <laughs> and practicing with me. I, I, I am willing to help you practice. I'm that. lucky that, that I have great people in my life who show me that the standard is not as high as I set it for myself. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I've had times where I've like poured my heart and soul into things. And like one time I was baking a cake for a friend who really loves beer. So I baked him a beer-flavored cake. I did so many test runs. It was delicious. I hate beer, but it was delicious. And when I made the final version, the glass in the final version is bigger and thicker than all my test runs. So there was no way. And I was working with like a tiny little oven that's, I don't know how old, in a dorm, uh, in a dorm room. It co I couldn't bake it all the way through. I just could not <laughs> bake it all the way through. I was so disappointed mm. with that gift but that's one of those situations where yes okay you're disappointed that the gift didn't work but value that about yourself like value that about yourself that okay i care a lot i invested a lot oh, that's kind of cool I'd, i mean I it's a cheesy saying it's a thought that counts but it really if you put value in you know I'm proud of my thought process, my uh, motivation, my actions. I'm proud of it. I might have failed, but I'm proud of it. Yeah. I mean, Steve and I felt like that about your cake for your birthday. Your your Charmander oh. cake. <laughs> we had this beautiful photo. I mean, I we love the I cake. Loved we love the cake. <laughs> and and part of us were like, you know, either it'll be absolutely amazing or it'll be absolutely terrible. And either of them is a win and we were prepared <laughs> for either. Yeah. But but yeah, there was a little bit like Oh, it's a pity that it wasn't exactly like the photo, but at the same time, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> I went to Brazil. Uh, uh, people from all over uh, 
wrote to me and said, what a cake, what yeah, a cake. Yeah. So it was, fun. It, was fun. It, it was an impressive cake. Yeah, and no, it's super heavy. We still have cake. It's, we yeah, haven't finished it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't know how to buy cakes. So I ended up buying cakes for like 15 people. But we were like 10 no, people. That was no, no, not no, no, no. <laughs> that, that, that's what they said, right? So for 15 people, according to Supposedly. the place. <laughs> and we were about 10 people, right? Yeah. So I was like, I didn't expect it to be too bad, a little extra. Yeah, their definition of 15 people was a lot more. <laughs> was f- a lot more because I think at the uh, your birthday event, we literally just uh, caught the tip of the tail. Yeah. Like yeah. we didn't even get into the main body or anything. So yeah. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, but. Her birthday was on the 21st of May. Yeah. Uh, we are in June already. And, and there's still there's cake. There's still cake. cake. <laughs> and we have given to everybody cake. Huge chunks. I mean, like family pieces <laughs> of cake and, and still this cake. Yeah. So we miscalculated. Which is the most important part of this topic about diversifying <laughs> <laughs> your no, measures of success. But here's it's one cake. of those situations where, okay, it's a Charmander <laughs> cake. And yes, it was kind of deformed. Uh, the tail was freakishly long for Charmander and the eyes were kind of back, like they were upside down, the eyes. <laughs> so there were a lot of details that were missed. But for me, receiving it, like knowing that they went out of their way to get this cake and, you know, I know the place that they got it from. I don't know how they found it, too, because I had found it independently on a different occasion. I don't even know where we got it from because there's a (laughs) mutual friend who, like... It told might me be she knew a place, and yeah, I was like, okay, p- coordinate it, and I will <laughs> send you the money, and we're good to go. This is the picture, this is the amount of people, and then she asked me a bunch of questions. What a flavor, what filling, what this, what that, oh, this, 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 okay, boom, here, where do I send the money? Like, <laughs> yeah, the so. same mutual friend had recommended me that place for mom's birthday oh, a yeah. year ago, and it was a completely different, but also very beautiful cake, like covered in fruits and flowers. And flowers, and it was the most beautiful uh, and delicious cake so ever. I know the place and there's that sentimental attachment of, oh, this is a really nice cake place. And also just knowing that the people in my life are taking the time to think about it and do something that they know is special for me because I really like Pokemon. Uh, She's addicted to Pokemon. A little bit. (laughs) So, you know, those are those things where, okay, yeah, it didn't turn out exactly as planned, but it was still a beautiful thing. It still was a beautiful experience. Everybody loved it. Everybody got excited when they saw the cake. So no, and, and this go- goes to a whole other conversation, but good to emphasize here. You should never have very rigid, specific expectations for anything in life. You should have flexible expectations because oh, yes. you should have expectations in the sense that having certain standards, having certain goals, having something that drives you, that's great. But if you have expectations that are so rigid, so specific, so concrete, if something nice happens but it's slightly different, you don't value it. It's like yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you ask for a balloon, you you wanted it blue and you got a yellow one. Oh, uh, you can't value the fact that you got a balloon. I mean, it's a terrible, terrible example. But it, no, it, but it, it paints a picture. Happens. I know. Yeah, I know people. I've I've dated girls who were like who had very, very rigid expectations and I'd do something nice and then it was like just slightly different from what they had in mind and from my perspective it was even more grandiose and more like impactful yeah. and then How dare you bring like me 12 roses uh, if I only want a single rose? Exactly. <laughs> like, uh, so there, there is 
an element to that that many people are very good at defining the expectations so rigidly, so concretely, so specifically that if you just deviate slightly from that, they can't value it. Both in terms of what they do and achieve and both in what they receive. And I think mm-hmm. in both cases, have flexible expectations, have flexible expectations that take into account the different personalities, context variables, all the good stuff we tried to talk about here in Develop Development, and really the thought process, the motivation, the actions behind that. Thi- like think, uh, Look at it a little bit f- from a broader spectrum and don't go so specifically into that one specific detail. Yeah. Don't let one small detail ruin something beautiful. Yeah. 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 And that applies to everyone in every situation. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anything else you guys want to add about this topic? Yeah, have lots of fun finding ways to celebrate every day. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, different things that make to you happy. to recap, diversify your measures of success. Find include things that you do every day naturally. Uh, make sure to find what works for you. What is your measure of success? Not just what other people uh, measure of success. If there's overlap, great. Don't rebel just because someone Im- shared it with you. Identify whether there is overlap or not. If there isn't, obviously start taking steps to go to where you want to be. Don't make conditions that in order to get there, you have to already be there. You know, understand that there are different stages in any project, in any change. Be patient, don't be forceful. Uh, don't force anything, be patient. Some changes you're going to make in your life might take 5, 10, 15 years. Don't burn out just because it takes uh, more than two weeks or two months. Um, So don't force things, but also don't delay things because you put conditions. Uh, And yes, make sure to be able to look at the good, have flexible expectations, be able to value the good things, if you have a hard time valuing them, team up with other people who will make you see the great things. Obviously, here at Develop Development, a lot of the stuff I personally do, I couldn't do without everyone here at the team mm-hmm. uh, because they help me when I have insecurities, when I make mistakes, when I... Diff- so so build your support networks. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, take your time, find your path, diversify it so don't just define one thing because if you fail at one thing... You can have many other things. Be willing to pivot and make changes. Your life is dynamic. Sometimes the surprise paths are going to be more important and more valuable than the planned ones. So so be open to that as well. Have certain agility and flexibility in your life, but make sure that you know which direction you're going. Uh, but don't... I mean, sure, sometimes you can take shortcuts, but make sure that when you try to make changes... Take into account other people. Don't force things. Don't deteriorate your relationships. Don't deteriorate something good just because you want something different. Make sure to t- choose a path that is a win-win situation. I mean, there are too many people I know that get so stubborn into I'm going to do for me, I'm going to do for me, 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 that they end up destroying beautiful things. I know we all have to make certain sacrifices. We all sometimes have to... Uh, take certain steps to change environments and that's okay and that's healthy but just don't destroy very beautiful healthy positive things to force something uh, due to impatience or insecurities so so take your time build things be open to surprise and yeah enjoy the journey enjoy the journey because 
Uh, if you put conditions and only start enjoying when you reach this certain goals, you won't reach them. You have to enjoy the journey to actually celebrate all the small steps to actually get there at the end. So I think that kind of recaps today's episode. If you have any questions, feel free to put them in the comments below. And uh, yeah, if you want to be notified when we have more of these videos, don't forget to like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And we'll see you next time, same place, same time next week. Have a good one. Bye.